0: everyone. This is the Just Grace It podcast with Brian and Becky Ross. Hello. (laughs) And we're sitting on our bed in our bedroom so we can be away from our dogs and our children and have quiet while we do this. And our goal, if this is the first episode you've listened to, this is actually our fourth episode. So if you're new to us, um, Brian is a pastor which would make me a pastor's wife. And the goal of our show is to just have really casual, down-to-earth conversations about what it means to apply grace to everyday situations that come up in life. So today, we are going to be talking about a topic Called performance-based acceptance, and we're going to do that by discussing a little bit about um, law and grace, and the different the difference between that and scripture.
1: So, in the last episode, we were answering that viewers, excuse me, that listeners' question.
0: Yeah, nobody's viewing us about. Um, <laughs>
1: it was a it was a question follow-up question to some things that we talked about in the second podcast just about um books and music etc and so we got a follow-up question and at the end of that question um i was giving a an example of a song that uh is scriptural it's from the bible but that it's not um I'm gonna use a word that I'm gonna explain. It's not maybe necessarily dispensational, and by dispensational, we just simply mean um, that you know God has managed His. Imagine you got a house, and you're trying to manage the house, and I go to your house, and you have different rules than I have in and our that we have in our house, and dispensationalism is just a it's a biblical word first of all and it's a concept that just is seeking to acknowledge that God has managed his household if I could say it that way differently at different times and in different ways. And so you've got different things that are said in the Bible then to you know we for example we could talk about food and Sunday at church, you know I was we were reading in Genesis 1 and how God originally made Adam and Eve, you know, vegetarians Right Um, And then after the After the flood When Noah and his family came off the ark God added animal Meat to his diet The diet of man and told Noah That anything he could eat, he could catch And then you go Well,
0: he said whatever he could catch He he could eat eat. What did I say? You said eat and then catch it (laughs) Well Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes, I <laughs> you have saw. to catch it
0: before you can eat
1: it, yeah, that would seem to be an issue, and then you go a little further in the Bible, and then you have the law, which we'll talk more about in a little while, and in the law, God made a distinction between clean food and unclean food or clean meat and unclean meat, and so you know Moses wrote all- well,
0: and apparently even in the ark um there were. He must have had somewhat of a distinction even then between clean and unclean animals, because the unclean animals were two by two, and the clean animals were in sevens
1: yeah i I tend to think of that more as related to the fact that like as soon as they got off, God wanted Noah to sacrifice some of those clean animals and
0: so I, I think it had more, more to
1: do with that than it did with the specific diet of men at that time. Right. But anyway, you've got three instructions in the first five books of the Bible, you've got three instructions about food.
0: Vegetarian, Vegetarian anything you want, you anything, can catch, you can eat. Right. And then now under the law there was clean foods that they were and meats that they were allowed to have and then unclean things that they were to stay away from.
1: So then you could have been an Israelite living just, you know, after the law was given through Moses and, you know, or in Israelite at any point in time uh, in the Old Testament. And, you know, it's not like you could say, well, I'm going to follow this instruction over here from um, uh, Genesis 9 that God gave Noah because I just want bacon with my eggs. It didn't work that way, right? You had to follow the instruction that God gave them and under the law he gave them this distinction between the clean and the unclean, and then later on in Paul's epistles, he says that uh, he says in First um, Timothy chapter four verse four, he says that every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it be it, received with thanksgiving. Yeah. So today, in this dispensation, in this time period that we are living we, in,
0: that we like we, is grace it is
1: We're grace. Ephesians three talks about the dispensation of grace we can, as long as we receive it with Thanksgiving, we can eat anything, right? So the idea of a dispensation is just the idea that God managed his house and gave different instructions to different people, you know, different men at different times.
0: What if someone, so I'm just going to bring this up because we may or may not have listeners that don't Use the King James version. King James uses the word uses the word dispensation. But let's just say we have a listener that maybe uses NIV or ESV or N S N A S B NASB or whatever. Um, don't some of those bu- versions use the word stewardship? It, it would stewardship still be the same thing as a dispensation? Stewardship.
1: It, I mean, stu a s- stewardship is coming from a technically a different word. I don't I know. Yeah. Um like an oikonomos is the Greek word for stewardship and an oikonomia is the Greek word for a dispensation. Normally a modern version might use the word like administration okay. or something like that instead of dispensation. But um you know, I'm perfectly fine and see no reason to change the word Dispensation. We just need to, you know, <clears throat> understand what it means.
0: Right. I'm just. I'm just trying to include the person that may not be using a King James, and you know, we'll talk about in another episode why we choose to use the King James. Um, there, one of the things that we kind of wanna hopefully help people um, understand is, you know dispensationalism tends to get a bad rap. Sometimes, um, there's people out there that go really crazy with it and, you know, take it, you know, in our opinion, they take it way too far. Um, but, and there's people that read you know, or use King James in our opinion that are very ungracious and unkind to, to those who don't use a King James Bible. And just because we choose to do that, we understand, and we have reasons for that. We understand that there's other people that use other versions and, you know, we'll talk about why we do that and why we feel it's important at some point, but we don't ever, we're not whoever is listening who may not be using a King James, you know, our goal here is not to like bash you because you're not at the moment using the King James version of the Bible. Our Our goal is to just share with you what we know, what we understand, and then it's your job to figure out what you think about that and what, what if anything, you want to do with that. We're just here to like, invite you into our conversations, and share information. That's
1: So the only thing I'd really add to what you just said there is, it's not, our decision the King James, though, is, is more than just a preference, preference between yeah. liking Coke better than Dr. Pepper or something. Yeah. There are substantive reasons why <clears throat> we think that's an important, you know, topic.
0: Well, so, and for those who don't know, Brian... Brian has written a book about the King James Bible and he also has, he has done hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and I'm not kidding, of research about that particular topic. And I just wanted to bring it up in this kind of because of the word thing, because um, I know other versions use di- other words besides dispensation. And I wanted to bring it up because I am a podcast listener and I have heard other you know sound pretty sound christian podcasts like bring up the king james and stuff like that and there's there's a lot of people who use the king james that are frankly just rude they're rude and ungracious and unkind and they have and they they support their view with information that as you researched you found out it was just flat out false
1: Yeah, I mean, there's to some degree. I feel like we're getting maybe. I know we're getting a
0: little off topic, but I think it's important because I know that there's people that they hear, oh, you use King James, oh, you, you're dispensationalist. Well, I can't listen to you because you guys are just crazy. Well, what we're hoping to do is through us having conversations and sharing our conversations with you, like, don't. Don't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like,
1: so I would, listen
0: and gather information and then make your decision.
1: <laughs> so I would just say, though, like, everyone to some degree, whether they acknowledge it or realize it or not, is dispensational. Yeah. I mean, nobody that I know is going to the temple right now to offer an animal sacrifice. Right. Because, you know, most Christians who are Bible readers, they understand that, Christ they don't, was, Christ our, was yeah. our sacrifice. Yeah. So they don't. So everybody to some degree is somewhat dispensational, whether they, you know, maybe realize that or want to ad you know admit that. And yes, to your point, um, you know, a lot of things have been said in defense of the King James that aren't true, that are just, you know, not not accurate at all, and so on, but and a lot of folks who read the King James or have a pro King James position, they definitely have been rude and said things or not been very gracious in the way that they've, yeah, you know, cho- chosen to talk about it or deal with people. And we're trying to obviously, you know, make a a different, trying to handle it a little bit differently, but it is a, it is a we belief just, that we have. Yeah.
0: And, but we just think that people aren't, people aren't going to hear you hear us out or hear a grace believer out you know right so whether it's law versus grace or the bible version thing or whatever it is people aren't going to hear you out if you're coming at them in a combative argumentative defensive rude angry way and we've seen that happen i person i use a king james and i actually had somebody once like be really rude and disrespectful to me because they didn't think that I was using even the right
1: the right the King
0: right James. King James Version. <laughs> I had a KJV and they were like just really rude about it. And right. so and that's that was uncalled for. But. So
1: for example, like at church, you know, we're not like a visitor comes to church and we're not like checking the first thing we do is we don't go up to them and check to see what kind of no. Bible they have and then Tell them no. that they're wrong and they can't come to our church or whatever. Absolutely unless they, not.
0: You come my, in. They come in with what they come in with. And
1: my approach is, if I, you just teach the Bible, yeah. eventually you'll come to spots or places yeah. where the versions are different. clearly different from each other, and or then, leave
0: verses out, or
1: leave verses out, and then that's a natural way. Then for either that person will ask the question, ask the question, or
0: yeah,
1: now you can explain it. And deal with the topic naturally or organically
0: in a in gracious a, way
1: without you know stomping on things, jumping yeah. up and down, and so on. But, um,
0: well, now that we've spent 15 minutes talking about that,
1: so at the end of the one last time in episode three, it was episode three, right? Last time,
0: yes, okay. we're on episode four.
1: I was, ta- I was, we got into this because I was using the illustration we were talking about the music thing and the and so on and i was talking about this chorus it's in psalm 51 and this is uh david's sort of confession after uh the prophet nathan called him out for his sin with bathsheba etc and at youth camp we used to sing this song um psalm 51 verse 10 created me a clean heart O god and renew a right spirit within me, cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation of thy salvation, and uphold within uh sorry, and uphold me with thy free spirit. So that was a song that was sung at at camp, etc. and I was making the point that, you know, I don't think we don't sing that song today as
0: yeah, because it's it's not it, it's scripture it's, it's scripture. just not for us we're not under the law so we aren't going to beg god to not take our his holy spirit from right. us right
1: we're under grace and we live in the dispensation of grace and paul says in ephesians 4 verse 30 he says and grieve not the holy spirit of god whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption and so like i'm i don't have to worry as a mm-hmm. believer today about god taking away the Holy Spirit from me because, you know, I've messed up up or what have you, because what it means to be in Christ today is to be forgiven and to have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our seal uh, unto the day of redemption. So we can't lose it. So to sing a song where I'm begging and pleading with God to not take it away from me when it's his, when it's his promise here in Ephesians that the Holy Spirit is our seal unto the day of redemption. In fact, in chapter 1, he said, Paul said in verse 13, "...in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory." So for me as a believer today, I have the Holy Spirit as the earnest, sort of like deposit.
0: Until you die un- Until I go to die, heaven. And I,
1: I'm not going to lose yeah. it based upon anything I do or don't do. Or until
0: do. if Christ returns first.
1: So that, that kind of brought up the whole thing about dispensations and different instructions in the Bible. And, yeah. you know, the difference between law and grace.
0: So... So now we want to move into this idea of performance-based acceptance and we want to talk about the the difference between law in the Bible you know the law of Moses the law that God gave to Moses and the nation of Israel and grace and how does that practically affect us in our relationships? You know, this is the Just Grace It podcast. We want to share with people how to apply the grace of God in their everyday life situations and relationships. So how does, you have to understand what the law was, who it was given to, what it was for. To understand why grace is such a big deal.
1: Yeah, so you know, God gave Israel the law in the old testament. And one of the things I think people don't maybe think about about the law is that Israel agreed to it. Yeah, it
0: was like a, it was a contract between a, them and God. It
1: was a contract that Israel willingly entered into with God. And in, in Exodus nineteen, Moses was up in the mountain and he comes down off of the mountain. And he called in verse seven, and Moses called Moses came and called for the elders of the people, and laid before their faces the words which the Lord commanded him. So that would be the Ten Commandments, that'd so be part of the law. And then in verse eight it says And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. So the the people agree to this. It's not like God forces this on them against their will. God, the people say, Moses comes down and he presents to them, hey guys, this is what God said. And they say, oh yeah, yeah, sounds good. We, yep, we'll do that. We'll do whatever. All the Lord said, we'll do. And Moses goes back and tells God that they've agreed to that. So the, the, I, I think that's an important thing, right? I mean, a lot of people yeah. think that God, like,
0: this is the way you're going to yeah. do it and
1: So the law then is a system of conditional blessings and curses based upon Israel's you know uh keeping of the law.
0: It's a lot of if if you do this then the if thens. If you do this then I will bless you if you do this then I will curse you because you're disobedient.
1: Right. So just to give you, a, I'm not going to read all of this, but just a sample of that would be Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments, commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. So there's all these blessings for obedience. And then if you drop down to verse 15, he says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. So the law... It was really a system of if-then conditional. So if Israel obeys, if they do what God says, God's going to bless them. They'll be blessed in the field, blessed in the land, yada, 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 so on and so forth. If they don't, then they'll be cursed. Um, And so that establishes sort of like the if-then principle, right? So if you obey, if you do what I say, I'll love you, I'll bless you, I'll so on... If you don't, well, he always loved he them. He always loved but them, he but, was,
0: yeah, quite angry. With but I say, <laughs> I, mean. I
1: say, love them because, you know, what people do then it what a lot of what I've seen a lot of people do in the Christian world is they kind of understand a little bit maybe that because they can read in Paul's epistles in Romans six where Paul says we're not under the law but under grace, and they kind of might yeah yeah the law that we don't necessarily have to do everything that's in the law, but then they create their own laws.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They create their own performance based acceptance systems where they will you know withhold or they'll withhold love or grant love based upon whether or not somebody is meeting the conditions
0: Well, yeah, withhold love or but also how they treat people you know so let's let's just say for example, it's a husband wife relationship. You know, if I, as your wife, have all these expectations of you, you know, I expect that you're going to treat me a certain way and do certain things that I think will make me feel loved and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, you don't do those things and maybe I've communicated to you what I like for you to do or want for you to do in order for me to feel loved. Maybe I haven't communicated that to you. Um, But then you don't do it, then a performance-based acceptance attitude would be, well, he didn't give me what I needed or what I wanted in order to feel loved and cared for and, you know, what I expected out of the relationship. So I am not you know maybe i'm not going to talk to you maybe i'm going to give you the cold shoulder maybe i'm going to just be really snarky to you maybe i'm going to you know withhold physical intimacy you know i mean there's all kinds of different things within a marriage relationship that can happen um you know you did this to me or didn't do this for me so, so there so i'm going to you know
1: or you did this for me so now i can now I will, with, yes. You know, whatever yes. it is that you think you want. Yes. So that's not, that's the pr- same principle of if then. You know, it's the same operating principle of if you do what I want, then I'll give you what you want. If you don't, then I won't. It's not the law as far as the 613 commandments in the Mosaic Law. Right. But it's the same principle. It's the same idea. It's still a performance you know, based acceptance. But with
0: God, he it was a contract that he said, he, he didn't hide from Israel what his expectations were. No. He didn't say, you know, well, I expect certain things, but I'm not going to tell you what those things are, and, you know, you better just figure it out.
1: Right, even back there in that story in Exodus 19, Moses goes up into the mountain, talks to God, comes back, yeah, reads to them,
0: they say, yep, we said. agree.
1: And they're like, yep, sure, we'll do that.
0: Yep. So the, so it was an agreement. It was a contract. It was a, it, was a, it was a covenant. It was an agreement between the two parties. And I think what human beings tend to do is, you know, whether it's in marriage or even parenting, you know, you maybe withhold things from your kids because they make you, they do something that makes you angry so you, you know, you withhold affection or you withhold, you know, maybe flat out love. Some parents do, um, you know, I, I grew up in a, with a very performance-based parent. Um, and it, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say that you get to a point when you're being treated that way, you get to a point where, You feel like, well, there's nothing I'm ever going to do to get this person to love or care about me. Like, I can't reach that, you know. And then you get people who have, are narcissists, and you're never going to get, you're just never going to get there. Right. Because the bar is always moving.
1: But then you also have situations where, like, pastors and churches use performance-based acceptance to manipulate people in the church. Or to get people in the church to do what they want them so to do. So give an example of that. Oh, well... I You would ask me to give one off top of my head when... I don't know that I have a good one, but like... I want... Somebody Say to... Say you need
0: help in a certain ministry. I need
1: help in the, you know, nursery. I don't know, just the grab... Because we always seem to need help in the nursery. Yeah. But, <laughs> um. So, we need help in the nursery. So, you know, I put the guilt trip on people from the pulpit. I put the guilt trip on people and you know, you're not really loving God and how can you, how, you know, just laying on that. If you really love God, you would do this or you would do that, or you would help you this really church, or a,
0: a heart of service or if you really care yeah. about this ministry, then you would, you know, you're,
1: you're using guilt to manipulate yeah. people into doing things. That's a form of a, a PBA a performance based acceptance system right i
0: like that a PBA <laughs> PBA yeah
1: and so we got and it happens all the time in churches you know where and if you've been in a church where that's happened to you you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah and so you know it's it's a thing that when you're um in leadership in a local assembly you really have to be cognizant of listen we're asked here's here's what we need you know at least this is the way we approach it right here's what we need if we're if if nobody is able or willing to step to this then we just can't do that and you know that's just the way it is and then um everyone has that understanding right so we're not trying to like you know um make people feel guilty or what have you for not doing things? So it could it could be in any number of things, right? Like you said, parenting, marriage. It could be in friendships. Uh, friendships. It could be in church uh, life and dynamics. A yeah, lot of church
0: f- relation, relationships with people at church. You know, you 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 need to agree with or see it my way, or other way- Our sorry, our horses are like running crazy all of a sudden. I don't know why. Anyway. um you know you need to agree with me you need to hold the same opinion on this that i do you need to um you know support me in this thing over here and if you don't then i'm going to passively you know some some people can get really passive aggressive like you know they just they'll they'll snub you they'll not talk to you when they used to talk to you all the time they'll um you know you, you kind of get the cold shoulder and that's all versions of pba you know it can it itself. can be but yeah. it can
1: manifest itself a lot of other ways too where yeah. you know and so some people um and i think the thing about that is a lot of the reason why people do that is because it works it works in terms of getting the flesh to do things yeah it it doesn't work so good in motivating the spirit of God in you as a believer to want to, to you know to do things.
0: Right.
1: And I think, you know, it's it's easy. It doesn't to, get to the
0: person's heart.
1: And the bottom line to bring it back is it's not grace. Grace is an operating system that says it's based upon the unearned, undeserved kindness and favor of God. Right. So what grace says, listen, I don't I don't deserve any of this stuff. I don't deserve eternal life. I don't deserve forgiveness of sins. I don't deserve any of these spiritual blessings that I have. I don't deserve any of these things, but God's given these to me freely as a gift through through His Son, Jesus Christ. And now, grace grace now provides a motivation to live, you know, soberly, righteously, and godly. And I I think about um, Titus when Paul writes to Titus, and he says um, in Titus chapter 2, verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And the thing in verse 12 that's doing the teaching is the grace of God from verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. So people have this idea where, well, if you take people and you put them under grace, and you tell them that their sins are forgiven, and they're justified, and they're, you know...
0: They're just going to go out and live however they want.
1: They're just going to go live. how You're just giving them license to sin, right? Well, no, what you're really doing is you're giving them...
0: Liberty.
1: Liberty. Where now they can make adult choices. And they're, in Galatians, it talks about how we've been given liberty, only use not liberty as an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And so, Grace says, you know what? This person doesn't have to always agree with me.
0: And to that point, I just want to say this. Because I think this is something that is coming up a lot in our culture. I've seen different things on social media that are talking about love. And, well, if you really love somebody, then you're just, you know, you're going to just accept everything that they do, you know. It's not real love if you can't accept who they are. Well, I can, I'm just going to say this from a parenting standpoint. I can love my child. I can accept my child, but I don't have to agree with all the choices that they make. And if you're a parent or have done anything with kids or a teacher, worked with children, you know that kids do things wrong. They ha- They can have bad attitudes, they can be sassy, they can just flat out make wrong choices, they can be hurtful and cruel in their words and actions to other children, and, you know, and that stuff, you know, I can love my child, I can accept my child, but if they're doing behavior that is hurtful to other people, then... I don't have to agree with that behavior, and I can address that behavior. My, the choice is, do I do it in a gracious, loving way, or do I do it in a, well, you better shape up or else way? Right. And it's the same thing in any other relationship.
1: So I think, I think that's basically applying then to the things we've talked about the last couple of weeks. If I can, I can extend grace to somebody who doesn't see music the same way I do. Right. I can extend grace to somebody who thinks differently about, you know, what books we should or shouldn't read. I can extend grace to somebody who thinks that we shouldn't eat bacon with our eggs. Um, I can extend grace to, you know, it. it's, grace is really like, in a lot of ways, like, giving up your right to have things the way that you want to all the time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And uh, not
0: and and I think too not not continuing to argue with somebody who doesn't agree, like if you don't agree on a certain topic, you know you might have strong words or strong opinions, but then at the end of the day, a gracious attitude would be, "Hey, you know what, we both have really strong feelings about this." you think one way about it, I think this way about it, but I still love and care about you as a brother and sister in Christ. You know, and that's the thing that's most important. And if somebody can't, if you're willing to do that, but somebody else isn't willing to do that, then I think sometimes it's just letting that just stepping back and just letting that person go and, like, kind of process on their own. And they're either going to eventually come around or they're not, you know. But it's not striving to hang on to something. That's a good
1: word there, striving. You're not striving to win every argument, every situation. Yeah.
0: And you're not going to keep every relationship either. You might not. Because, I mean, in ministry, we've had plenty (laughs) of experiences where there's been differences of opinion and, you know, sometimes people walk away and they're not very gracious about it when they walk away and you, you know, you, some
1: people have been, but
0: some people have been and other people have not been, you know, and that's really hard. It hurts, but sometimes you just have to let those people go.
1: But that's why it's so important. I think that people get involved in a local church because a local church is where you take the doctrine of grace and you live it out. Yeah. And you you, you have to practice Colossians 3. You have to forbear. You have to forgive. You have to, you know, put on gentleness, meekness, kindness, Mercy. long-suffering. Yeah. You have to, you know, you have to apply the fruit of the Spirit, for lack of a better way of saying it. And, you know, we all are going to do dumb stuff and well, make mistakes and you know, say things that we shouldn't sometimes or whatever. And grace to me is...
0: If you want someone to forgive you and, and you know, it kind of, kind of comes back to do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Like treat people how you would like to be treated. And if you like to be treated with grace and have forgiveness when you mess up and stuff, then, you know, try to treat other people that way too. So th- that that it's, it's not, you know, maybe you will treat other people graciously, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to treat you that way back. But.
1: So I think what you just said is, is actually summed up, and this might be a good spot to end this is in Galatians five. I just made allusion to verse 13 a minute ago for brethren. You have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. Now, but then he says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Right. So, what I've always found fascinating about grace is that grace gives you liberty, verse 13, which then you have a choice. How are you going to use your liberty? Are you going to use your liberty to serve yourself and your own agenda and your own. wants, desires, and needs, or are you going to use liberty to serve others? And then he actually says in the next verse that when we use our liberty to serve one another, by love serve one another, we actually fulfill the law. We actually... And
0: the motivation is completely different.
1: We actually bring about the fulfillment of what the law said to love thy neighbor as thyself. And we're not, and we're doing it without being under the law.
0: Right.
1: And to me, that's always been um, a fascinating thing. And I think these it's days, a difference
0: of grace. It's yeah. a, it's a completely different motivation so I'm for using, living. So I'm
1: using liberty and doing what I choose to do. I'm making these choices because I want to make these choices. And because the, the word of God is instructing me and, and edifying me and building me up and and so on on what choices I should be making. So, I don't know. I feel like we've meandered yeah, around. but
0: Well, hopefully you guys found benefit out of this conversation. And um, one thing we're going to ask is, we are still trying to get on iTunes. I am trying to understand what the holdup is with that. But if you can figure out through... Google Podcast or Spotify, if you can share it, um, there's different ways to share. If you just click on the little share icon, um, you can share it on Facebook, you can share it on Instagram, share it with your friends. If you're finding benefit from it, share it with your friends, leave a review on one of those platforms. If you know, you can, I wish I could tell you how to do that. I don't know how to do it. I listen to all my podcasts through iTunes and I know how to leave a review there. But I don't know how to leave a review on Spotify. I have not figured that out. If somebody knows, please email Brian b r y a n at justgraceit.com. dot com and let us know how you do that, how you leave reviews on Spotify or Google Podcasts. Um, there's a couple of other lesser platforms that we're on that I have not even heard of, but um, but I'm still trying to get us on iTunes, um.
1: We're novices. We don't know what we're doing.
0: We're still trying to figure this out. So if anybody has podcast experience and you know how to do that stuff and you don't mind emailing and just letting us know, that would be awesome. Um, But, you know, sharing, getting it out there, leaving reviews, that all helps get the podcast out there. Um, And then also if you have a question... Um, We're not going to do listener questions every week, but if you do have a question, you can email Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at com, and then we'll go through questions. And if there's one that we feel like is fitting with whatever topic we're doing, then, you know, maybe your question will get on the podcast. hmm <laughs> I think I'm getting the look like, okay, we're not... So we just want to thank you guys so much for listening. Um, And we really appreciate you taking the time to do that with, you know, hopefully you found benefit in this and we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.